0: Well, I'm glad you're here this morning, and I'm glad that the Lord has given us the opportunity to worship together today and uh, thankful that we have so many reasons to sing, and one of them being the hope that we have in a world that's, that we can only imagine how wonderful it is and how beautiful it will be and the blessing that God has prepared for us. And so as we think about that, as we think about all that God has done, is doing and all that we have to look forward to take your bibles and turn to joshua chapter 4 as we look at a text of scripture today in this sermon series titled the journey and how we are beginning this adventure together the title of the message today is put everything in perspective and sometimes we get so doom and gloom about today that we can't sing about tomorrow like we just did or maybe we get so focused on tomorrow that we forget the responsibility that God has given to us today. And so God helps us to keep everything in perspective, not just the past, but also the present so that we can rejoice about the future. And that's exactly what God was doing in his people in this section of scripture that teaches us how God led his people out of bondage in Egypt and how for Forty years, they wandered around in the desert, in the wilderness, waiting to cross over and to be in that land that God had promised to them so many years before. Well, now we get to the Jordan River, and as we saw last Sunday, those of you that were here and heard the message, you realize that God had taken his people not over the Jordan River, not around it, but through it, that God's parted the waters, and today we actually see God's people going across and what he has in store for them as they move forward. You know, when you put life in perspective and you think about your life and you think about all that you've dealt with and all that you have, sometimes you look ahead and you see a problem and it seems so big. It almost seems insurmountable whether you're in college and you've got four years ahead of you and it's, it just seems so big or you have some assignment at work and you think lord i just don't know how i'm going to be able to do this it's sort of like the the warriors in israel as they looked across a valley and they see this guy named goliath and goliath just being this monster of a man they look at him and they say he's so big we can't kill him well little bitty david walks out in the valley and David has five smooth stones in his hand, and he says, he's so big, I can't miss him. Friend, I'm telling you, it's all about your perspective. And sometimes the problems that we deal with seem so big because God seems so far away. But in all reality, the closer that we get to God, the bigger that he seems and the smaller our problems really are. And when we realize that we serve a big God, and when we allow God to fill us with his presence, we know that as the Bible says in many, many other times, not only will he never leave us or forsake us, but we can be strong and courageous and we can do all things through Christ because he is the one who gives us strength. And I hope and pray that that is your perspective today. And if it's not, if there are times that your struggles get the best of you, if there are times that your problems seem bigger than the one true and living God, then you're in the right place today to be able to hear from God and see how God works in his people and put everything in perspective. I hope that you found Joshua chapter 4, the sixth book in the Bible, and if you found chapter 4, and if you're able to, would you stand as we read a portion of this chapter together? Joshua chapter 4, beginning in verse 1 through verse 10. The Bible says, when all the nations had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, take 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. And when your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. For the priest bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people, According to all that Moses had commanded Joshua and the people passed over in haste. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are thankful for your word and we're thankful, God, for the blessing of being reminded of the work that you've done in the past. Father, we stand with faith today with generations upon generations of your people who have served you faithfully and who you blessed and used in times past. And here, Father, we stand in this present day asking you to do a great work in our midst. Father, as we see future generations coming behind us, and we pray for the future that is to come. Lord, may you do a great work in our hearts today and in this time of worship we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, whether you're like David looking at a big problem saying it's so big I can't miss it, or you feel like the other warriors and the other fighters saying he's too big, we can't kill him, no matter what your perspective is, you need to be encouraged that there is a past, that God is still working in the present and that he has promised a great future. This text of scripture helps us to realize that this morning and also to embrace this perspective that god has on human history you know the bible teaches us that god is the same yesterday today and forever and he does not change and when there is change in us and around us it is not that god himself is changing but that god is changing us god is changing our circumstances god is changing and altering our hope and giving us a brighter future than we ever thought possible You know, Martin Luther, the great reformer, once said that the only person who likes change is a wet baby. And I really believe that. A lot of times we struggle with change, but it is God who is at work. And if that change comes from God, if it's for God, and if it is through the power of God, then we must embrace whatever God has ahead of us in the future. But let's look, first of all, in these first seven verses as we reflect in this passage of Scripture and do the first thing the Bible tells us to do, and that is to remember what God has done. You know, we all have a past, and we should remember what God has done in our past. It's healthy for us to have this historical perspective. In this text of Scripture, the Bible tells us in verses 2 and 3, God had told Joshua to choose men to come and to pick up stones and to carry those stones in according to their tribe that they represented, and they were going to build a monument. Now, a lot of times we know about putting plaques up or building monuments or seeing statues and having name plates, and, and even just going to the cemetery. We have markers for people, and we have their uh, a little bit of their history. We have the day they were born and the day they passed away and perhaps something to reflect upon that person on the tombstone you have pictures in your home of past events and you have maybe some things that you've kept from childhood or things that your kids made for you and they've already started to turn brown and fall apart but you can't bring yourself to throw them away and you look at these pictures and sometimes you think who is that person in that picture I don't look like that anymore And your kids and your grandkids and some of you, even your great-grandchildren, want to hear stories or you make them want to hear stories about your past and things that have happened in the past. And all of that is a healthy part of what we are as a church. It's a healthy part of being a family. You connect generations together through these pictures and through these stories and, and through these almost timeless events. And one of the greatest things about doing uh, having a family reunion or getting family together is hearing the stories and 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 trying to determine what percentage of those stories are actually true. Because sometimes they just get better with age and it's just, it's fun to hear how much people lie at a family reunion. Well, we do the same in the church. I mean, sometimes we reflect back on our past as a church and and it just seems like, You know, God was doing great things, and then in the midst of it, way back when, we have a hard time seeing the hand of God, and you know, perspective is always a great thing. Well, Joshua wanted these men to take these stones and to make this monument in the place where they were going to lay down that night, and he said to them, the reason we're getting these stones is because I want you to remember what God did on this day. I want you to be able to, in your mind, go back when you see those stones. And I want that to represent the hand of God who worked on your behalf. I hope that you have some of those spiritual markers in your life. Some of those spiritual tags that you hold on to. Some of those notes that you've kept. Perhaps some of those pictures you've taken. Or maybe something that you kept as a memento in that moment that brings you back to the time that God worked in your life. Perhaps some of you like to journal and you like to write things down. I want to encourage you to begin today, for the sake of your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and your great-grandchildren to begin to write down some of the great moments when God showed up big in your life. That book may outlast you for decades. But the handiwork that's in it and the craftsmanship that goes in it and the heart and the passion behind it is going to point your family back to the work of God. You see, we need to do that as a church and we need to tell stories about how God has moved in our midst. And say, Pastor, why should we tell so many stories about the past when we're supposed to be looking forward to the future? I always believe that the best days that we have as a church are always ahead. God has given us blessings in the past and has used us mightily as a church in the past so that he can do greater works in the future. So we remind ourselves of the great times of the past so that we can remember those that God used. We can celebrate those victories that were won when people denied themselves and followed God faithfully but you as an individual Christian need to take up those stones in your life you need to write those moments down and you need to point future generations back to God he said to take these stones and why look in verse 5 the Bible says pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel why verse 6 that this may be a sign among you and when your children ask you in time to come what do these stones mean verse 7 you shall tell them the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord you see these stones represented this great movement of God they're they're going to represent for God's people in the future that the people of God came to this moment where just like their ancestors came to the Red Sea and all they saw was again captivity. Now think for just a moment, if you're one of those that came out of, you came out of Egypt and you had been a slave and Moses showed up and he did all of these crazy things and threw things down and picked stuff up and turned stuff to blood and and all of this stuff happened and god got you out of slavery and you ran through this this pass and you got to the red sea and you're standing there looking at a body of water and pharaoh's army is behind you and all of a sudden all you can think is here we go again And then God steps into the picture, parts the waters of the Red Sea, and they march across in victory knowing that God showed up and got them out of the mess that they were in. And now the next generation is here at the Jordan River, and they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and they don't have the the abilities and and, and the materials to to build a bridge and and they're not supposed to go around it or they're not supposed to dig a tunnel under it. God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to step up. I'm going to show off and I'm going to stop the water. And for 25 miles of the 100 miles of the Jordan River, God cut it off and they crossed over again. You see, friend, when God works in the past, we need to remember it in the present. And when God works in our present, you see, what happened in the generations before us was great. Some of you weren't alive to celebrate it. I mean, think for just a minute, if we as a church started talking about some great things that God did 50 years ago, or 40 years ago, some of our high school students and college students are thinking that that was like before running water, before electricity was invented, and they're amazed that there was a, a 1970 something that that, that that was actually in recorded history. And yes, those of you that lived through it are thinking, "This is amazing, and, and this was wonderful, but that's your past. And the generation that lives now, their past is a little shorter than yours and so these memorials are meant to show each generation that God is at work my question to you is has God worked in your past before has God done something in your life that's worth passing on to the next generation I saw in the Maryland zoo this past week that there was a turtle that it hurt the underside of his shell. And the owners of the Maryland Zoo had fashioned a walker for this turtle. I'm not making this up. A walker for the turtle out of Legos. This turtle has a walker made out of Legos. It's a turtle, y'all. But this turtle cannot function because if he keeps rubbing his belly on the ground, he's, it's going to get infected and, and, and it's going to get worse and the turtle's going to die. And so somebody cared enough about this turtle to make it a walker out of Legos so that it could get healthy and make it. One day, that goofy looking walker made out of Legos is going to be taken off of that turtle, and it's going to be in his little room. And he's going to look over at that walker made out of Legos, and he's going to say, you know, I remember that time that somebody cared about me and made that walker for me. Because if they hadn't cared enough about me to make that walker, I wouldn't be here in my room to be able to look at it and and be thankful for it. God ever stepped into your life? and done something for you to keep you healthy, to keep you out of harm's way, to protect you in your foolishness and recklessness so that you would have a testimony today? Do you have something to point back to that moment when God did that so that you could say, it wasn't about me. That turtle has no ability to build it, to put it on, and take that off yet somebody stepped in and kept that turtle alive and I'm telling you just like that and so much more God does that for you God does that for our church God does that for your family and friend if you're not going to point future generations back to the handiwork of God then nobody else will And what a better testimony to take your children and grandchildren and tell them not what you did, but tell them how God stepped in and showed off. How God worked in you and made you who you are today. We are to remember those moments and to remember what God has done. But secondly, the Bible teaches us that we should also recognize what God is doing. You see what this monument represents it's not just the great thing that god did in the past but it also represented for them what he is doing what god did in that moment look back in god's word at verse 10 after they had done all that god had told them to and all that joshua had commanded them to verse 10 says for the priest bearing the ark stood in the midst of the jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people. This seems like such an insignificant verse to tell us that the priest just stood there while the people were doing this, but the priest just stood there while the people were doing this. So what? I mean, the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and as soon as their feet touched the overflowing banks of the Jordan River, it cut off. It stopped flowing. And they walked into the Jordan River, and there on dry ground, they stood there holding the Ark of the Covenant while all of this stone catching and stone grabbing was going on. And Joshua, the Bible says, even built a monument in the Jordan River where the priests were standing. And I'm sure they're, they're just standing there watching him just goof around and build this little thing and I'm sure the thing was getting heavy and they're ready to to walk on and put the thing down. But the Bible says that the priest stood there until everything had happened that God had commanded them to do. As a church, when God works in our midst, as a family when God works in your home and as a Christian when God is at work in your life he is calling you to stand there don't worry about what's going to happen don't stand there and look at the water and say you know any moment that's going to come flooding back and we're gonna be down river holding this ark and you know, uh, they're going to get the wrong stones and they might have to exchange them and come back for some more. And here we are just standing here. But yet they're just standing there, being faithful, in the moment, doing exactly what God had called them to do. There is a word there for every church on the planet. That there are times that God has called you to just stand firm. Just stand still. Stand firm. Don't move. Don't waver in your faith and trust me through the whole process. There are times in your family that it seems like the world is spinning out of control. Things are happening at work, things are happening in relationships, things are happening in your children and your grandchildren, and you think it. I don't know what to do and God says just be still and know that I'm God just stand there stand on the rock be faithful to just be where I want you to be you can't control it all you can't change your circumstances you can't alter other people your hands are full and you're holding on to exactly what I've put in your hands Don't move. Just stand there. And how faithful we'll seem to a generation running around like they're chickens with their heads cut off, trying to fix and solve and and, and go and do and all of this stuff. And here we are as believers. Here we are as a church just standing firm on the Word of God. Go to any bookstore. Visit any secular website. Listen to any secular self-help podcast and you'll find out real fast that they will give you all sorts of tips and tricks and things that you ought to do and fix and places you need to invest and all of this stuff and God's Word sometimes just says, just stand still. Let me handle it. Keep your hands off of what I'm doing and you just hold what I've given you and stand firm maybe that's a word for some of us today that instead of trying to put our hands on something that God has his hands on we ought to just keep our hands busy doing what he's called us to do the priests were commanded to do just that look down at verse 18 a verse that we didn't read together but after the priest had been commanded in verse 17 to come up out of the water, the Bible says in verse 18, and when the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their banks and overflowed in all his banks as before. God shows that when we're faithful to do what we're called to do, that God will be faithful to do what God said He will do. All the priests had to do was to step in the right direction at the right time, and the water stopped. And the Bible says as soon as they were commanded to take the next step out of the Jordan River, as soon as their feet hit the banks, the Bible says, the hot second that they were faithful to do the next thing that God called them to do in the moment, the water went right back to where it had been before, overflowing the banks just like it was supposed to at that time of the year. Friend, you cannot manufacture the moving of the Holy Spirit of God All you can do is be faithful to be what and where God has called you to be and let God handle it. There was an overweight businessman who loved going by a bakery. And every morning on his way to work, he was tempted to stop at this bakery. Well, he wanted to cut down on his weight and he wanted to stop eating some of these sweet things and... He drove by this bakery, and he said, Lord, he was a praying man, he said, Lord, if you want me to eat something out of this bakery today, then let there be a parking spot on the road right in front of the bakery. Well, he came into the office that morning, all smiles with a great big piece of cake I mean just huge and the people asked him how did you get that where did you get it from and he said you'll never believe what happened I was driving by the bakery and I prayed God if you want me to have that piece of cake would you just please make there be a parking spot right in front of the bakery and he told everybody at work the eighth time around the block that parking spot was right there How many of us do that to God we say God listen you want me to do this you want me to have it you just open that door and I'll walk through it and there we are just kicking and pounding and pushing on the door trying to make it open and we see a little crack that we've made and we walk through the door and say okay God I'm here now you just bless the mess that I've just made friends sometimes God just wants you to stand still Stop kicking. Stop knocking. Stop beating the stuff down. Stop looking for things that you want God to bless and just be faithful where you are and let Him work. And when He says step, then you step. When He says go, then you go. We can thank God for what He's done in the past. but We also need to recognize what God is currently doing and what He wants us to do. And then lastly, the Bible teaches us, at the end of this text of Scripture, that we need to realize what God will do. The last several verses in this text, this chapter concludes with another question again that says, for future generations, what are we supposed to tell them? And Joshua answers that question. The Bible says in verse 19 that the people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and they had camped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho and those 12 stones which they had taken out of the Jordan Joshua set up at Gilgal and he said to the people of Israel when your children ask their fathers in time to come what do these stones mean then you shall let your children know Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which He dried up for us until we passed over. You see, friend, God was faithful to do again what He had done in the past. And it was not based on the ability of the people to get through the Jordan. It was only based on their faithfulness to do what God had called them to do. And here is the key, the key to the future that is in line with the will of God rests solely on the shoulders of your faithfulness. Are you faithful today to trust the God who worked in the past, who is working today, to be faithful to see God continue to work into the future? And will you be willing to point the next generation forward to say, God has made a promise to never leave us or forsake us. The best days are not in the past. God desires to do even greater things in the future. And the more faithful we are, the more prayerful we are, the more that we get out of God's way, the more that we deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus, then God wants to do even greater things through us than He's ever done before. And Joshua told the people that in verse 23 For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you. Until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea. Now he's talking about the past, which he dried it for us. Until we passed over. Now here's the future. Verse 24. So that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. That's the future. We're going to celebrate what God has done. We're going to thank God and join God for what He is doing. But we're going to tell people about it. Why? Because God is going to continue to work forever. And I want to be a part of it. As long as God has breath in my lungs and as long as my heart is beating and as long as I'm able to, I want to be a part of what God is doing. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. Because as long as I'm part of the family of God and as long as I'm on this planet, I know that God is going to work and continue to move. This monument was set up not to celebrate the past, but to point people to the future. You see names on a plaque. Thank God for what He did in them in the past to be able to give you a future. Celebrate the work of what God did decades ago to point you and point your life moving forward knowing that as God worked then and as God is working now, He wants to work in the future. A living church is one that remembers the past, lives in the present, but works for the future someone once said the future is an opportunity unmet a path untraveled and a life unlived but how the future will be lived and what opportunities will be met and what paths are traveled depend on the priority and the purposes of life today so it all comes down to this are you being faithful today to be a part of the future are you desiring for god to mold you and shape you into the image of christ today so that he might be able to do great works in you in the future are you worshiping today are you studying god's word today are you Asking God to fill you with His Spirit. Are you asking God to take things out of your life that are unhealthy and put things into your life that are spiritually healthy? Are you asking God, what do you want me to do today so that I'll be ready and prepared for tomorrow? That's what God is asking our church. That's what God is asking every family here today. What are you taking out What is God putting in? What faithfulness are you adding into the kingdom of God so that those opportunities don't get missed? And how are you individually allowing God to prepare you for the greater works that He wants to do in the future? Perhaps some of you today need to hear this message of what God has done in the past so that he can work in the present so that you can have a future a friend in the past in fact 2000 years ago god worked for you god did something for you that you needed him to do in the past he sent his one and only son to this earth in a little obscure place on the planet Called Israel. And God's son was born of a virgin and lived for 33 and a half years. And the last three and a half years of his life, as he walked this planet, he taught people, he did miracles, he shared what the kingdom of God is all about. And he was abused, he was accused of being a liar. And he was killed on a Roman cross he was beaten he had nails in his hands and in his feet and he hung there on a Roman cross until he died and the Bible says that God poured out on his son the wrath of your sin so that when Jesus died 2,000 years ago your sins could be forgiven that's what god did in the past and what god is saying to you today is the way that he desires to work in you first of all is to receive the gift of eternal life and to allow the death of jesus christ to pay for your sins and to receive that atonement for your sin And when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the one Son of God who died in your place and for your sins, the Bible says you can be born again. God pours His Spirit, His Holy Spirit inside of you and you're a brand new person. God may want to do that today so that you can have a future home in heaven with Him. Perhaps for some of you who have already made that decision. What is it that God is telling you right now? What is it that God is stirring up in your life saying, listen, I need you to be faithful today so that I can work faithfully in you tomorrow. What is God calling you to do and be now so that you can be prepared for what He wants to do in the future? And I want us to pray about that right now. And ask God to work in all of our hearts so that when we leave this place today, we're more faithfully prepared for the future than we ever have been before. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this moment of prayer, this moment of decision that you have given to us to examine our hearts and to Identify if there's anything within us that would cause us to be unprepared for tomorrow. Father, if there's any person here who is unprepared to die. If there's any person, Lord, who is unprepared to step out of this life and into eternity, and they have no confidence where they will spend eternity, God, may today be the day That they are born again god if there's any believer here today that needs to be faithful today for the work that you want to do tomorrow god may you speak to their heart and lead them by your holy spirit to know exactly what you're calling them to do lord for our church we pray that you would give us a bright and glorious future not because of who we are but because of what you desire to do. Lord, may this time of invitation, this time of decision, be a moment when we prepare ourselves for what you want to do in us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.